someone in the um, first I want to say Adonai Svatai Tiftah Hofi Yadrich Kehilatecha Someone this week um, forwarded me a an email a Dvar Torah about tomorrow morning's Torah portion <clears throat> someone wrote to me an email that was basically connecting Bruce Springsteen's The River to Revelation. <clears throat> and a friend of mine uh, who forwarded to me said, I wish that my rabbi could begin his sermon with, here's how Bruce Springsteen works into Revelation at Sinai. <clears throat> I'm not going to do that, but maybe I'll start with this. I'm trying to tell you something about my life. Maybe give you insight between black and white. Well, the best thing you've ever done for me is to help me take my life less seriously. It's only life after all. Now I went to see a doctor of philosophy. Anybody know? With a poster up and a beard down to it. He never did or see it. He graded my performance. He said he could see through me. I spent Got my paper and I was free. Okay, nice. All right. After I left the Orthodox world, <clears throat> people would say to me, well, where are you now? Are you, are you conservative? Are you reform? Are you, you know, labels? What box do you fit in? And I would say, you know, I used to be orthodox. And then, of course, tongue-in-cheek, I'd say, but now I'm paradox. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, we'll read Revelation at Sinai, maybe the most, maybe, the most important moment in the Torah, maybe. Certainly for many years in Jewish history, the Ten Commandments were said every morning until an edict came about and said the danger of people confusing the Ten Commandments for the entirety of the Torah, they think all the Torah is Ten Commandments. Until that moment, until that moment it was, it was very likely that the Aserda Dibrot were the Torah itself, Revelation at Sinai. And Revelation at Sinai tomorrow morning, this monumental moment, is fraught with paradox. The whole portion begins with the entrance of Moses' father-in-law, who's not Jewish, onto the scene. Moses, who is, you know, Moses is the leader of the Jewish people, and he has two non-Jewish adopted parents who have a major impact on his life. Were it not for the daughter of Pharaoh in Moses' life, where would Moses be? And had it not been for his third father, right? First he had his biological father, Amram, then Pharaoh is his stepfather, and then Jethro, Yitro. So Jethro shows up, and Jethro, before Torah is even given, according to one opinion in the Talmud, Yitro, the father-in-law, the non-Jewish priest of Moses' family, teaches Moses Torah. Isn't that great? Talk about paradox. The quintessential Jewish parsha, 
These are the Ten Commandments, the Ten Utterances that God gave to whom? To all of the Israelites standing at Mount Sinai is preceded with a preamble by a non-Jewish priest who shows up to give his son-in-law, the greatest prophet in all of Jewish history, a little bit of good advice on how to be a good leader. The actual experience of Sinai, we're told in the Torah, is a synesthesiac moment. They see what is normally heard and they hear what is normally seen. It's fraught with complexity and paradox. They're told to come close to the mountain and then they say, don't, don't come too close. The Torah wants us to know something about revelation. Revelation is messy. Revelation, even if it is given in 10 super simple ways to remember, is full of nuance. Messages that sometimes feel that they are at odds with each other. A Torah that is full of, of drop-down menus, of footnotes, of conversation. One rabbi from the 1970s, Rabbi Norman Lamb, wrote in a sermon on this week's Parsha that the reason why Jewish history records that we stop saying the Ten Commandments every day, that danger that I mentioned earlier that we would think that the Ten Commandments are the entire Torah, Rabbi Norman Lamb says, that is to teach us that oversimplification, cookie-cutter religion, it's all one idea, one concept. Here are the seven habits of highly effective human beings. Here are the 15, the 12 steps, the 15 steps that religious life, spiritual life, human life is not reducible to simple categories. The irreducibility of human life to that great notion of a grand unified theory, like it's so simple, just one idea. Even the greatest organizer in religious history, the great Buddha, with all of his baskets and all of his seven of this and ten of that, the experience is so much beyond. The ability to hold complexity is the hallmark of a mature religious life. The ability to hold multiple voices that don't always reconcile, voices that don't always line up in very neat I'm a Jewish Buddhist, Hindu, atheist, agnostic. I have a black mother, a white father. I am gay. I am bi. I have the complexity of each person's narrative to hold seemingly irreconcilable identities and stories is the hallmark of the messiness of the realness of revelation. Revelation is voices calling out, says the Midrash. Kol Adonai, as we just sang, Bakoach, Kol Adonai, Chotzev Lavot Eish, Kol Adonai, Bamibar, Kol Adonai, Kol Adonai. All of those voices in the psalm that we were just dancing to, says the Midrash, those are the voices that come to us from Sinai. And each person, says the Midrash, in Psikta, the Rav Kahana, hears the voice of God uniquely in their own idiom, but we can hear a lot of different voices. And it can be confusing, it can be overwhelming, but the hallmark of the religious heart of the spiritual being 
is that when things feel like they are in tension, we don't seek to reconcile, we seek to expand, to hold more. The great Gaon, the great genius Walt Whitman said, do I contradict myself? Very well, I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. I contain multitudes. A non-Jewish father-in-law who teaches Torah, a burning mountain that I want to come close to, but I'm told to stay at a distance from, 10 utterances that are not the whole story, but are part of 613 and all of the variant pieces that make up the spiritual path of Judaism and so on and so forth. We are much bigger than the labels and the categories and the simple and oversimplified stories, containers that we are asked to fit into. What would it be like if in moments where we are asked to hold another voice, another perspective, we took a deep breath and made more room? More room in our religious consciousness for different ways of being religious. More room in our world for a different narrative than mine about, let's say, politics. More room in my heart for feelings of dissonance that need to find a place to rest. What would that look like? We'd get very large. It's a different kind of diet. I want more. More room, more space. This past Tuesday night, I was in a theater watching an amazing performance by a man named... Um, hello? Wrestling Jerusalem? Aaron Daverman. And Aaron Daverman will be coming to New York in March, and God willing, our community will go out along with other communities here in, in the metropolitan area. He's got a one-man show called Wrestling Jerusalem where he embodies 17 different characters in the Israel-Palestine situation. He moves, and as he begins the story, he says, now 1967, now this, now that, and you feel with each now this, now that, you're saying, oh, that's my voice, that's my voice, that's my voice. Oh, now I understand that voice. Oh, there's another voice. Kol Adonai Bakoach, Kol Adonai Bahadar. So many voices, so many perspectives, you're spinning around. And speaks to the possibility of being larger, containing multitudes. Revelation is messy. Revelation asks us to grow. And so in the coming week, the Romamu community, which has been very painstakingly and very, um, with great attention to detail and very sensitively, crafting a survey to ask this community what it thinks when we say Israel-Palestine. Because we didn't want to rush in and begin to educate on the issue without knowing all of the perspectives that are being held in this particular sanctuary and in the larger community. The feeling was, it's such a third rail in American Judaism. It is, to the 20th and 21st century, what heresy was a thousand years ago. If you didn't believe in God a thousand years ago, you were outside the community. And in the Jewish community, 
In America, there are certain things that you can't say. You might be outside the pale. So we sat down and we crafted a survey, and it's going to go out this week. And we're hoping that you'll answer the survey, honestly, and you'll give us your feedback. Revelation is messy. Revelation has many voices and many faces. So in your life tonight, tomorrow morning, I'm asking you to go out and say, what voice internally, externally do I need to hear that might push me to grow a little bit larger? What perspective might I have to take in order to grow? What face might I have to recognize in order to be at Mount Sinai again? That is the call for this weekend for Yitro. Revelation begins in paradox. It is given in paradox. And we grow through paradox. I want to bless each and every one of you in the famous words of the Indigo Girls. The closer you are to fine, when you allow more and more of yourself, others, and the world at large to make you much, much larger. <laughs>